I'd like to thank you all for joining us for the 9th Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference Call of 2000. I am Monique Farmer, and I will be the moderator for today's call. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. The agenda for today's call will be as follows. Dr. Dennis Toddy, the South Dakota State Climatologist, will talk about the short and long-range precipitation and temperature outlooks from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will provide an update on the Corps' reservoir release schedule. Levy repair status updates will be provided by Brett Budd, Chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team. We will also receive an update on repairs from Robin Wonkum, Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center. And then we will fill questions by state. We do use the Fort Mute function during the call. To unmute your line during this call, please enter star six. This function does not work on all phones, so please be aware that if this mute function does not work on your phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversation. Just a reminder that a link to our press kit, which includes bios, Missouri River Basin information and historical data, and the PowerPoint slides from Dr. Toddy's portion of the call can be found in your media advisory today. You can also access the press kit from our website. We do also offer this call in a podcast format in iTunes. Follow the link from your media advisory or go to iTunes and run a search for Missouri River Basin Water Management to subscribe. We will now begin with Dr. Dennis Toddy, the state, South Dakota State Climatologist. He will provide us with a short and long-range precipitation and temperature outlook from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. The charts that he will reference begin on page 20 of your press kit. Dr. Toddy, star six to come off mute. Good afternoon, everyone. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, good to be here. A uh, very warm, windy day over a good portion of the basin. The situation we're dealing with right now, um, the slides, I will not address all the slides. They're there. Some of them are there for later reference for people. Kind of a general overview of what is happening right now. We have moved uh, from a larger scale perspective from a La Nina, which we were in through this last winter, to neutral conditions, which is between El Nino and La Nina. Uh, so some of our predictability we lose in that situation as we're, as we're looking further in the outlooks. Uh, mountain snowpack um, will be talked about further, mostly below average uh, at this point, much different from the situation at this point last year, uh, but much below average right now. Generally warm conditions, not as warm as in the month of March, but the last 30 days, a relatively warm continuing, uh, which presents some uh, issues along with that in the way of higher evaporation and less runoff because of that. We have had some isolated wetter conditions leading uh, to some flooding um, in the James Big Sioux area with some heavy rains two weeks ago. Uh, as we're looking ahead, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about these. Most likely warmer conditions further to the south and across the southern U.S., not as strong over the basin. But there is a potential for drier than average conditions, more likely drier than average conditions in the far upper part of the basin as we go through the summer, looking in, in the Wyoming and western Montana area. Uh, moving on to slide two, kind of review of conditions over the last 30 days. Uh, the left-hand side, departure from average temperatures. Uh, again, not as warm as in March, but staying very warm uh, over most of the area, most of the basin, all the plains. Uh, so looking at... Uh, at uh, warmer conditions, leading to higher evaporation rates. 
uh, on the lower on the lower right hand side percent of normal precipitation or how much precipitation has occurred over the last 30 days. Uh, further to the west and to the south, the redder areas much drier than average conditions on the order of less than half to in some cases uh, as little as five percent of average precipitation in Wyoming uh, into the, the leads into the Missouri River. Areas of northern Montana, parts of North Dakota, and, and uh, central and eastern South Dakota have been near average to up to 150% of average over that time period. And that eastern South Dakota area was the one where we talked about the uh, uh, flooding issues. Uh, the next one shows the comparison of, of in, this, in the mountain snow comparison. We've talked about that briefly, so we'll move on. Move on to slide four, looking at the uh, Temperature and precipitation probabilities, the 8 to 14 day outlook, uh, looking at the end of the month here. Uh, conditions on the left noting uh, more likely cooler than average conditions over the upper part of the basin and warmer than average conditions over the southern part of the basin with a narrow band of near normal over that time period in between. Uh, part of the reason for the uh, cooler than average conditions being more likely is shown on the right hand side. You see across the northern tier of states, uh, the green is indicating above average chances for precipitation. Uh, it looks like in the you know 10 to 14 day time period, we're going to continue to have uh, chances for additional precipitation. Montana, North Dakota, northern Minnesota, uh, but you see at the southern part of the basin, uh, a figure of, of drier than average conditions, uh, kind of a ridge that is going to be built in over the central part of the U.S., pushing storm systems further north. Uh, where they'll be dropping some precipitation and areas, southern parts of the basin, staying on the dry side. Looking further ahead in the June uh, outlook, uh, you see the most light, the temperature outlooks are indicating uh, warmer than average conditions across the southern U.S. Um, that is a most likely figure that's going to stay in through the winter, or excuse me, stay in through the rest of the summer. That area of warmer than average temperatures will build in, and as we look into the uh, the later period, in the July, August, September time period, that the warmer than average conditions will build into the northern Rockies. And then the the other feature to look here, I mentioned to you earlier, on the right hand side, precipitation. Uh, you see here a, a, an indication in the brown for drier than average conditions over the Pacific Northwest. If you go down to slide, uh, the next slide, slide six where we're looking at July, June, July, August uh, precipitation probabilities, you'll see that that builds into parts of Wyoming and western Montana um, for chances for drier than average conditions as we're looking through the rest of summer. And the next outlook looks about the same for the July, August, September period. Last slide, uh, drought update. Uh, the additional precipitation has improved drought conditions over uh, chunks of the Dakotas and part of Nebraska. So we've removed most of the D1 and D2 areas, moderate to severe drought that is in the basin. Still large areas of D0 over the western Dakotas, Wyoming, and parts of Montana, indicating some drier soil moisture conditions could have some continuing issues if, uh, if we do not get some additional precipitation as we're going along. And the seasonal drought outlook, which is also listed there, the green areas over the northern plains indicated uh, those, those pockets of D1 that exist. Uh, some improvement still going, likely going on in the near term. Um, and then the area, small area in western Nebraska, western South Dakota, some improvement, but less likely chances there for, for complete resolution. That's the end of my report. Thank you, Dr. Toddy. Jody Farhat, 
Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will now provide an update on the Corps' reservoir release schedule. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the call today. Uh, we appreciate your participation and your help keeping the public informed. Um, the total volume of water stored in the mainstream reservoir system today is 56.9 million acre-feet, which is just 100,000 acre-feet above the base of the annual flood control pool, and it's just a very slight increase from the beginning of the month. This means that we currently have 16.2 of the 16.3 million acre-feet of flood control storage available. System storage fell as low as 56.1 million acre-feet near the end of January, and is currently just 800,000 acre-feet above that level. And to put this in perspective, you might remember that last May, after those heavy rains that fell in Montana, our system storage was rising at a rate of over 400,000 acre-feet a day. Last year at this time, system storage was 66.3 million acre-feet, 9.4 million acre-feet higher than it is today, and that was due primarily to the heavy plain snowpack that had already melted and come into the reservoir system and the beginning of those record rains across the upper basin. As mentioned in the call last week, our runoff forecast for the 2012 calendar year above Sioux City, Iowa is 21.6 million acre-feet, which is 87% of normal, and this is based on the uh, lack of plain snowpack, the lower than average mountain snowpack, and the unusually warm and dry conditions that we've had uh, so far this year. So mountain snowpack in the reach of Fort Peck peaked on April 9th at 97% of the normal peak. As of yesterday, May 17th, the snowpack was down to 46% of the normal peak. Mountain snowpack in the reach between Fort Peck and Garrison, which includes the Yellowstone Basin, peaked on March 22nd at 88% of the normal peak, and as of yesterday, the mountain snowpack in that reach was down to 38% of the normal peak. So at this point, we've already lost more than half of the snow that had accumulated in the mountains in both reaches, and typically by this time of the year, we would still have about 80% of the snow remaining. As a result of the snowmelt, we've seen some small to moderate rises on several streams in the upper basin, but flows are still quite low for this time of year, and there are no gauges above flood stage. And in fact, we've been losing uh, water in storage this week. The total volume <coughs> of water excuse me, in the reservoir system has been uh, drifting down slowly. Last year, mountain snowpack peaked at 141% of normal in the reach above Fort Peck and 136% of normal in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach, and both reaches peaked on May 2nd. So as for our real-time regu regulation of the reservoir system, uh, we have uh, many things going on right now. At Gavin's Point Dam, currently all the releases are being made through the spillway to allow the trash racks at the power plant to be cleaned out. Uh, this was expected to end today, but uh, they have asked for an extension to go through Tuesday of next week to uh, complete that clean out of the trash racks. Um, we're currently providing full service navigation flow support. If the total system storage falls below 57 million acre feet on July 1st, flow support will be reduced for the second half of the navigation season. The forage fish spawn is also ongoing so we continue to adjust the releases from the reservoirs 
to provide a steady to rising reservoir at Fort Peck and Oahe this year. Yesterday, we reduced releases from Fort Peck from 10,000 to 9,000 to keep that reservoir steady. Uh, and last month, releases from Garrison were increased in order to keep the Oahe Reservoir steady. As a result, Garrison Reservoir has declined over two feet since early April. Um, next year, the releases will be adjusted if necessary to maintain a steady to rising pool at Garrison. And this is part of our normal operation where we uh, cycle which reservoirs get emphasis during the forage fish spawn. The turn and plover nesting season is uh, ongoing but is off to a slow start. Piping plovers have been spotted in all reaches of the basin except in Montana. To date, 51 piping plover nests have been located with the highest number of nests on Lewis and Clark Lake and on the river reach below Gavin's Point Dam. Very few nests have been found on the new habitat that was created below Gavin's Point Dam due to last year's flood. The first interior lease turn was spotted in the basin this week, but no lease turn nests have been found. In response to the start of the nesting season, we've adjusted the releases from several of the dams. At Garrison, uh, we've put a hydropower peaking pattern on to establish, or it has been established to limit the fluctuations in the river stage below the dam. And at Gavin's Point, we've begun our steady re release flow to target operation and the purpose of this regulation is to keep birds from nesting on low elevation sandbar habitat and to reduce the risk of flooding nests later in the season as tributary flows recede and higher releases are needed from the reservoir to meet the navigation targets. So in summary, uh, the conditions in the basin are favorable, favorable this year for providing good support to all the authorized project purposes. The risk of snowmelt-driven flooding is low at this point, but normal rainfall-driven flooding can be expected throughout the summer. If heavy rainfall events occur, which they undoubtedly will sometime during the season, releases from the reservoirs will be adjusted to the extent reasonably possible to lower river stages downstream and reduce damages. This is our typical flood operation for the mainstream reservoir system. So thank you very much. And back to you, Monique. Thank you, Jody. Brett Budd, the Chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team, will now provide a levee repair status update. Thank you, Monique, and good afternoon, everyone. Currently, the Omaha District has 18 levee rehabilitation projects that are authorized and funded under Public Law 8499. To date, 11 of those 18 levee systems have awards and ongoing construction. The most critical and time-sensitive of those repairs have been completed and we are finishing our current construction contracts with pre-final and final inspections on those repairs taking place at the following. Levy L575, all breach and non-breach areas near Percival and Hamburg, Iowa. L536, south of Rockport, Missouri. L550, the upper breach and all non-breach repair areas near Rockport, Missouri. Uh, the lower breach is actually having the final inspection conducted today. Council Bluff pump stations, both at 28th Street and Veterans Memorial Bridge, as well as the Priority A repairs. Um, that final inspection is scheduled for the week of Memorial Day. Levies R613 uh, and R616 south of Bellevue, uh, Nebraska, L611, 614 south of Council Bluffs, Iowa, and Ditch 6 at Hamburg, Iowa. It's important to know that this is not the end of the work on the levies in the PL8499 program in the Missouri River Basin, including some of the, those listed above. For instance, there is ongoing construction of a setback levy near Highway 2 on Levy L575, 
We're simply finishing up the initial rounds of repairs that included the most critical fixes. There will be many more repairs to come. Current heavy construction is underway at the following. Levy L601 south of Pacific Junction, Iowa. Site construction is actively occurring on sand seepage berms, seeding and replacement of a piggyback levy section. Levy L575 near Hamburg, Iowa. Construction is underway on a 3.8-mile setback levy north of Highway 2 across from Nebraska City, Nebraska. This stretch of levy experienced significant under-seepage issues during the flood of 2011. This setback may also have incidental impacts in relieving the constriction point along the river. Levy R-573 south of Nebraska City, Nebraska. Construction activities are ongoing. Rock riprap is being placed to protect the levee toe, and dredging activities are ongoing to provide sand for seepage berms and to fill up the riverside scour. Overall work is 79% complete. A final wetland assessment is ongoing. Over the past several months, we've engaged in geotechnical investigations along areas that experienced seepage problems during the flood of 2011. We are currently performing an analysis of the data. That data is leading to decisions regarding the installation of additional seepage berms or relief wells as needed along existing and new flood control structures. Simply put, our goal is to complete all investigations, design, construction for levy repairs by the end of the calendar year. Thus far, the Omaha District has awarded contracts that total $97 million for levy repairs. The original estimates for all levy repairs was $280 million. Based on the geotechnical investigations, we anticipate Phase two contracts to be awarded in the coming weeks for the following. The Omaha Flood Protection Project, Levy L624-627 in Council Bluffs, Iowa, R616 and 613 near Bellevue, Nebraska, L611 and L611-614 south of Council Bluffs, L575 near Percival in Hamburg, Iowa, Levy R573 near Nebraska City, Nebraska, L515 near Rockport, Missouri, and L536 south of Rockport. Additionally, we expect the following projects to be solicited in the near future. Levy L594 west of Thurman, Iowa. Levy R562 north of Peru, Nebraska. Levy R520 north of Rulo, Nebraska. R548 at Nemaha, Nebraska. And also levees located at Sydney, Nebraska, Howes, Nebraska, and Lake Wakanda, Nebraska. We've also been performing engineering assessments, studies, and designs at all, main, all six main stem dams. Including this effort are operating projects associated with the main stem dams like the Williston Levy in Williston, North Dakota, and Pipestem Dam, also in North Dakota. Currently, there's $28 million in awarded contract work at the dams and operating projects. The current estimate for all mainstream dams and related flood control structure repairs is more than $200 million. One common project across the six mainstream dams are gate repairs. These include a 3D computer model of the gates, inspection and repair of wells and corrosion, sandblasting and repainting, as well as replacing wire ropes, seals, and controls and other items. This work will be done in three phases. The first phase, which includes the 28 tainter gates at Garrison Dam, each of which are 40 feet wide by 29 feet tall, and the eight tainter gates at Oahe Dam, which are 50 feet by 23 and a half feet, are already out for proposal, with proposals due today. The second phase will include Big Bend Dam and Fort Randall Dam. For phase three, we'll work on Fort Peck Dam and Gavin's Point Dam. Taking a look at the current and upcoming work for each of the dams and associated flood control projects, at Fort Peck Dam in Montana, uh, we set the date for the Fort Peck Spillway flow test for the week of September 4th. This test will help us determine the performance level of the subdrain system beneath the concrete slabs of the spillway. In the event of localized heavy rain or flooding, we'll adjust the date. Estimates for the cost of flood repair work at Fort Peck Dam is roughly $40 million. 
We're currently or soon to be underway at Fort Peck includes the spillway concrete rehab, repairing the spillway plunge pool, spillway gate rehab, uh, rehabilitation of the gate control systems at eight emergency gates, repair spillway access roads and drains, uh, recreation area roads, access roads and drains throughout the project, as well as relief wells and horizontal outfalls. At the Williston Levee in North Dakota, work has begun on an $11.7 million contract to restore the levee crest to its original elevation and to repair and restore the road located at the levee's toe. Additional awards will be made for relief oil installation or seepage burns once the assessment of the geotechnical data is complete. At Garrison Dam in North Dakota, estimates for the cost of flood related repair work at Garrison is roughly $41 million. We current, we're currently underway or soon to begin at Garrison includes spillway gate rehab, restoration of a spillway approach, dredging and uh, riprap installation, flood control tunnel repairs, west terrace drain and power house slope drain rehabs, left upstream bank repairs, repair damaged recreation roads, the west tellrace roads and other roads throughout the project. At Pipestem Dam in North Dakota, work is being scheduled for the repair of the upstream riprap blanket on the project. At Hawaii Dam in South Dakota, estimates for the flood control related repair is roughly $18 million. Work currently or soon to be underway at Hawaii includes spillway gate rehab, dredging the upstream area of the spillway gates, repair Stilling Basin Road, Hawaii Recreation Area Rehab in North Dakota, 48th Erosion Control. At Big Bend Dam in South Dakota, ongoing work at the left Tellrace campground will take longer than initially anticipated. As a result, the campground will not be able to open on July 1st as originally estimated. As work on this project nears completion, we'll update the public as to when the campground may open. Estimates for cost-related repair work at Big Bend Dam is roughly $11 million. Work currently or soon underway at Big Bend includes spillway gate rehabs, upstream riprap, relief well outfalls, campground electrical repairs, and the campground road and parking repairs. At Fort Randall Dam in South Dakota, estimates for flood-related repair work is roughly $17 million. Work currently or soon underway at Fort Randall includes spillway gate rehab, repairing E-Road, A-Wall repair and erosion protection, repairing trash racks, replacing louvers and goit, uh, gate hoist controls, cultural resource post-flood impact site repairs. At Gavin's Point Dam in South Dakota, uh, we conducted an inspection of the upper spillway slab at Gavin's Point on May 9th to determine the extent of any damage or erosion on the frost blanket beneath the concrete structure. A combination of ground penetrating radar and traditional drill borings are used. The contractors continue to process and assess the data. We anticipate receiving the data in the next several weeks. Based on those results, we may have additional testing or repairs required for the upper spillway slabs. Estimates for the cost of flood-related repair at Gavin's Point Dam is roughly $10 million. We're currently underway or soon to begin includes the spillway gate rehab, Tell race erosion protection, relief well, and horizontal outfalls. Another component of repairs just beginning as we focus on the bank stabilization and navigation projects. This will be done in two increments, with the first focusing on structures north of the Platte River and the second increment focusing south of the Platte River. Additionally, we'll do some work on Hogue Island in North Dakota. Between bank stabilization and levee work, the Omaha District is anticipating the placement of more than 700,000 tons of riprap in the Missouri River Basin during this fiscal year. Additional information and updates are available on the Omaha District webpage and the Flood 2011 Repairs link. Thank you, and back to you, Monique.
Thank you, Brett. Robin Wonkum of the Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center will now provide an update on the status of levy repairs for Kansas City District. Thank you, Monique. Uh, Kansas City District identified 57 requests for assistance uh, when the requests were being coming in, were requested. 48 levy projects are currently identified to complete. Four of those projects of the original 57 were denied due to minimal damages, and five levy districts have determined they are self-performing their repairs. The rough order magnitude of the damages identified was $42 million. Currently, three of these 48 levy projects have completed repairs at Rushville Sugar Lake, North Kansas City, and Wakandaw. 14 of 31 contracts identified have been identified and awarded or will be awarded for approximately $12.9 million for those 14 contracts. We currently have four contracts pending award and four additional solicitation announcements are posted and available. In the state of Kansas, for Clyde, Kansas, a construction contract was awarded to Bayer Construction on 13 April. The contractor is currently preparing to place rock. Contract completion is 1 July. For MRLS 471-460-R, a construction contract was awarded on 9 February to Cajun Contractors of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The overall project is 55% complete. Construction completion is scheduled for 21 June. Great Ballen Schwartz Levy, a construction contract was awarded to Coastal Engineering for $141,500 on 10 May. The contractor is currently awaiting notice of intent approval by Kansas Department of Health and Environment prior to initiating work. Kansas Department of Corrections, contract was awarded to AJL Precision on 5 April. The upstream breach is 95% complete. Overall, the project is 35% complete. Contract completion is 11 August 2012. Wolcott Drainage District, Sections 1, 2, and 3. A construction contract was awarded to Prudent Technologies for $74,662 on 9 May. Contractor is currently awaiting notice of intent approval by the Kansas Department of Health and Environment prior to initiating work. In the state of Missouri, Union Township, the project was awarded 16 February to Idecker Incorporated of St. Joe, Missouri. Overall, the project is 85% complete. Contract completion date is 21 June, with seating completed 1 October. Holt County Number 10, Section 2. This is the, the final breach. Proposals were received 17 May. Contract award is pending. MRLS 497L. A request for proposals was sent out on 15 May, and a site visit was held. Proposals will be received on 22 May. MRLS 488L. Bids were received on 15 May. Contract award is pending. Holt County Number 9. A construction contract was awarded to HB Construction on 10 April. Contractor has mobilized. MRLS 476L. The solicitation was posted on 4 April. Bids are due 25 May, pending real estate certification by the sponsor. Cannon Drainage District and Kimsey Holly Creek. The project was awarded 22 March to ESI of Kansas City, Missouri. Overall, this project is 65% complete. Contract completion date is 25 July, with seating to be completed by 1 October of 2012. MRLS 455L. 
This contract was awarded with the MRLS 471-460R contract, and the overall project is 55% complete. MRLS 448-443L, this contract was advertised on 24 April. Bids are due 24 May. Rushville Sugar Lake, contract was awarded on 31 January to ESI. Project was completed 20, 20 April. Bean Lake, a construction contract was awarded on 10 February to TJC Engineering of Louisville, Kentucky. The project is 97% complete. Construction completion is scheduled for 28 June 2012. MRLS 408L and 400L, the contract was awarded to TL Enterprises on March 23rd. Overall, this project is 50% complete. Construction completion is 4 June of 2012. The Belcher-Lozier levy system, the solicitation was posted on 10 May, site visit held on 17 May, and bids are due 13 June. Henrietta Crooked River levy, Section 1, bids were received on 16 May, contract award is pending. Sugar Tree levy, bids were received on 15 May, contract award is pending. Saline County Number 2, a construction contract was awarded to R&L Boone Construction for $28,975 on 10 May. Pre-construction meeting was held on 15 May. And the Wakandaw Levy District, a construction contract awarded to Idecker of St. Joseph, Missouri on 23 January was completed on 11 May. For continuous updates, please refer to our website at www.nwk.usace.army.mil and click on the levy, rehabil levy Rehabilitation tab in the center of the site. This completes uh, Kansas City District's report for this afternoon. Thank you, Robin. Just a reminder to everyone that these calls are recorded in their entirety and they can be retrieved from the CORE's website or from iTunes by no later than close of business today. We will now begin fielding questions by state for the core and for Dr. Toddy. Remember to press star six to come off mute if you'd like to ask a question. We will start with the state of Kansas. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Missouri, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press. This is Marshall White at the News Press in St. Joe. Hi, Marshall. Hi. Uh, Jody. Yes, Marshall. Could you sum up the conditions on the lower Missouri River compared to a year ago right now? Well, the, the lower river is uh, considerably lower than it was a year ago. Um, we At this time last year, our releases from Gavin's Point had been increased to about 55 or 56,000 CFS. So looking at a, a yearly bulletin that's available on our website, um, stages uh, today are from oh, five to 10 feet lower than they were a year ago. Um, specifically down in the St. Joe area, the river is about seven and a half feet lower than it was a year ago. Uh, down at Kansas City, about six feet lower, and down on the lower end of the river, about eight feet lower. So, um, you know, really, by this time last year, we had uh, really begun 
our initial evacuation of water. And we also had very high flows coming out of some of the tributaries, especially from eastern South Dakota. And uh, we're looking for what we could call a normal um, year on the river for the remainder of the, of the summer. Yeah, I think normal is the, the right word, and normal includes, you know, short periods of high flows in response to downstream rainfall events. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's all I need. You're welcome. Thanks, Marshall. Thank you, Marshall. Do we have any other um, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press on with the state of Missouri who have questions? Okay. Moving to the state of Iowa. Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press. And just a reminder, star six to come off mute. State of Nebraska. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of South Dakota. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. Hi, this is Tony Mangan at KCCR. Hi, Tony. Morning. Um, Jody, if I can flip that question that Marshall asked you, describe what the river is now in the, in the Pier 4 Pier area compared to what it was a year ago. Sure. Um, a year ago, our releases from Milwaukee uh, on this date were 46,000 cubic feet per second. We're releasing, yesterday we put out um, Looks like 24,000, so releases are slightly more than half of what we had last year. Uh, the reservoir itself today is 10 feet lower than it was last year at this time. Um, I don't have uh, right handy a stage. Oh, let me look here. I have stage. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Last year at this time, the stage in here was 11.2 feet, and today it is. 6.6, so about five and a half feet lower than it was last year at this time. How would you classify where the river is at this point? Would you is this is this normal for a normal year? You know, not counting last year, obviously. Is it normal for a normal year? Is it below normal? Is it where it should be? I mean, how would you classify it? Um, you know, we're forecasting runoff that's uh, slightly less than normal, about 87 percent of normal. So. I'd say we're a, a little drier than normal, um, and so, you know, if we had a little bit wetter conditions, our releases might actually be lower because we would be holding back some water um, to prevent uh, downstream flooding. So, you know, the releases are probably uh, pretty close uh, to the normal range, um, and, you know, each year is different. Is there is there any indication to you that, and I know that we've had the rain and, and maybe the drought conditions have eased a little bit, are you, are you looking down the road that that we could be in more of a drought condition this year, or are we still too far away from that? Well, I don't think we're uh, in drought conditions yet throughout the basin. You know, we could, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that we just have a single year that's slightly below normal. It certainly doesn't look like it's going to be an incredibly dry year. We do have good inflows still coming into the reservoir system. So, and and our plan for operating the reservoir accounts for drought. If, as I mentioned in my remarks, 
we'll have that next storage check on the 1st of July, and if system storage drops from where it is or doesn't gain from where it is right now, we'll be reducing navigation service uh, for the second half of the season. Thank you. You're welcome, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Um, we have this is Jerry with KGFX and Pure. Um, can I ask again to uh, have you reiterate what's happening at Big Bend Dam? You said that there's going to be uh, a change in when you'd open the campground there. What exactly are they doing? Uh, we're repairing the, making various repairs of the campground. We were slated to complete that repairs by July 1st, but we're going to have to extend that date out later into the summer. Uh, we'll send out a press release once we get that date pinned down. Okay, so uh, the higher waters left some kind of damage behind? It did. It inundated the campground. I see. So is this uh, just a case where you're having to redo boat ramps or uh, camping areas, or can you specify what exactly has to be um, renovated? Well, repairing the camping areas, the roads through the campground, the electrical distribution systems being replaced, and we've also installed a new um, water tank for the campground. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Jerry. Do we have anyone else from the state of South Dakota with congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Same, uh, Monique, Tony Mangani, and if I could just ask real quickly about the repair work that's being done up and down Lake Oahe, as was talked about. Is this, is any of this unusual? I know it's all flood-related, but, I mean, is there anything that's worse than any of the other projects? Uh, this is Greg Melma, Operations. I would say the damages that we've seen at Oahe are fairly typical uh, compared to the others. Actually, Oahe fared very well. Uh, there are some, uh, you know, repairs that we need to address, um, and they're unique to Oahe, so it's kind of hard to compare them. But in general, uh, as far as the scope of the repairs, they're comparable to the others. Thank you. Um, Tony, this is Jody Farhat. I did my math wrong in my head. Uh, okay. Four and a half feet lower today than it was a year ago. Sorry about that. That's fine. Thank you very much. And then just for everyone else's reference, or if there are any other reporters on the line that want to use Greg's quote, his name is spelled Greg, common spelling, last name Melima, M as in Mary, E, two L's, E, M as in Mary, A as in Apple. Do we have any other questions from State of South Dakota? Okay, moving on to State of North Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Montana, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Wyoming, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. Do we have any national press on the line? Do we have any final questions before we conclude? Hello? Hello? Yes. Candy McCampbell, Engineering News Records. Hi, Candy. Hi there. Um, I was interested in the comments on Gavin's Point Dam. And, uh, I know they had, had been doing the investigation on May 9th. Uh, sounds like there is more investigation going on up there, and we I, I was told it might be this coming week when we might know something. Uh, sounds like it's going to be extended. That's correct. This is Brett Budd with the Omaha District. Okay. Our, con our contractor is still going through and assessing the data. Um, if I understand, Candy, you were up there and was 
able to watch the, the assessment going on. The contractor was doing north and south and east-west grids with his ground-penetrating radar, and he's got all that data, and he's assessing it and comparing it. Um, right now, we have not received any of that data or, or reports back from the contractor, and we anticipate in the next few weeks we should have that data, but we haven't pinned that date down yet with them. Okay. Uh, now, was, was he uh, collecting more data than you all had expected? No, he, oh. he was collecting the data that we told him to collect. Okay. Okay. Had, has, has that investigation or that, that uh, seeing the spillways without water, because I, I know that you cut the flow down to zero that day, uh, did that show up anything on a visual examination? No, we, we didn't see anything there that we didn't expect. Okay. What, what did you see then? You said nothing that you didn't expect, but what did you expect to see? Uh, where the concrete surface from the high flow, so some spalling, minor cracking. Okay. Will you all, uh, will, will that involve repairs? You say minor cracking. Will you have to? It, it is. Yeah, the, and part of what we're doing with this assessment is is the contractor's going to come to us and prepare a package that will go out for bids okay. to make any necessary repairs to the slabs. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Candy. Do we have any other final questions before we conclude today's call? Okay, our next call is scheduled to take place Friday, June 8th. An updated media advisory will be distributed as a reminder to you. I'd like to thank you all for participating on today's call, and we are now adjourned. <laughs>